Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Show. I am Randy Frisch. As always, I've got Anna Harak joining me from Convince and Convert. And today we have a really bright guest. And all of our guests really are bright, but this one brought just like a whole other level of sensor, sensory overload, if you will, to the podcast, which is, you know, as I was looking at some of the creative that they do for their content, I couldn't help but crave a snack. I don't know, Anna, did you have that same feeling? Oh, totally. And yeah, we don't normally start these episodes issuing warnings, uh, but fair warning for today, you are going to get hungry. Uh, That's because we're talking to Kelly O'Brien, who is the director of interactive digital and social at Krispy Kreme. So if you don't have a snack in front of you already, you might want to just hit pause real quick, grab a quick bite and come back because we couldn't not talk about donuts on this episode. I mean, we talk about a lot of other stuff too, but we talk a lot about donuts. Yeah, I I feel like we could do this whole intro just on some of our favorite donuts. If you go to the Krispy Kreme donut website, Twitter page, Instagram feed, YouTube channel, I mean, we're talking about content here, so we're safe to keep going here, but it is just you know, temptation. It's, I mean, I know I shouldn't cross contaminate brands, but it's like when you're walking through that food court and there's a Cinnabon and you just have to stop and be like, okay, where's that coming from? Right. And it's that same feeling when you see some of their content, it literally locks you in. Totally. And the funny thing too, is you wouldn't think that there's so much content to create for donuts, right? Like we talk about this a little bit in the episode where, you know, it's it's a donut brand and it's a very distinctive brand too, Krispy Kreme. I mean, even if people haven't had it for regional reasons, um, you know, you know exactly what a Krispy Kreme is and you know the cult following behind it. But there's a lot of content, a ton of content actually to be created as we're going to find out and on a global scale too. Absolutely. And, and these guys are succeeding to your point because I don't know about you, but I, I drive by Dunkin' Donuts when I'm in the US, or I drive by Tim Hortons when I'm normally in Canada. And yeah, I don't necessarily think, hmm, that would be fun right now. But but these guys have done something with their brand. And, and I think a lot of it stems from their content and that consistency. And I think that's what I took away from this episode is, you know, the consistency with which they go to market and, you know, But the other interesting part is that they're starting to allow their consumer to be part of the conversation. And I thought that was really interesting how Kelly, and you'll you'll all hear how she describes this crowdsourcing activity they did to actually figure out how to glaze a donut for this upcoming season. It's awesome the way that they've really actually literally created an experience around uh, donuts and just around Krispy Kreme in general. So before we give away the rest of the episode, Randy, what do you think? Time to hear from Kelly? I think it's time to bring her in. And, and I think you started off the conversation. So we'll roll with that. Here we go. Anna and Kelly talking donuts.
Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a uh, pun intended treat to talk to you. If you wouldn't mind, would you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I've been with Krispy Kreme. Uh, now I'm going on my uh, seventh year with Krispy Kreme. Uh, started out the brand on all of our uh, platforms, creating our own communities within each. And I've uh, really seen a lot of the growth and success uh, since we started. And um, my background is I've uh, been in several industries such as healthcare, um, automotive, and then now in food. So it's great to be a part of the restaurant industry. That must have been an interesting jump from healthcare to Krispy Kreme. I was just going <laughs> to say the same thing. <laughs> How could we resist? <laughs> well, part of it is it was like medical tourism. So if you imagine that people, sometimes there's certain services that they need or want, and it's more of not necessarily a it's a want more than a need. And it's fulfilling that need or desire that they have to maybe put, take themselves to the next level. And then also, if you think about donuts, it's kind of a treat or reward for doing that. And it's everything in moderation. That's fantastic that you made that jump and, and that you actually do find the parallel because I think a lot of people out there were probably scratching their heads um, saying, how does that actually happen? Um, what were some of the kind of surprising things that you know you discovered as you jumped into the world of donuts and this totally different type of marketing? Well, I looked at, you know, everyone's uh, at the same place or same level for the same demands and the needs. We all have content desires. We all have content, uh, you know, growth and future and aspiration for where we see ourselves as brands. So it's looking at where we could see ourselves reaching the masses and reaching them effectively and creating communities. So I found a lot of parallels um, and in building that audience, it's seeing, you know, as you can stretch your audience to the next, next level of like where your content may take them and where you may as a brand experience it. So from healthcare, a lot of it was education and helping people understand why they may select certain services as part of enhancing their lives. And then with donuts, it was kind of like, well, how do you unite people with bringing happiness and joy and making people's lives better, whether or not they're having a terrible day, uh, having the best day ever? But how do you think about all those occasions and moments and doing a lot of occasion-based marketing? So it's more or less of switching from education to being more um, event-based and being more occasion-based. One of the ways you've been able to do that is, um, as we were kind of talking before the, the recording here, you're really leveraging your audience in the best way possible to create a lot of those amazing content moments. Can you dive a little bit deeper into sort of the biggest, you know, sort of cool campaign um, with crowdsourcing that you just did? Yes, uh, we started out the year with a vote for Glaze campaign, and if you could imagine, like every three, um, every there's three mentions every minute that our fans talk to us. Now, out of those three mentions for every minute, we have fans that are telling us, "Make this donut, make this donut, or come here and move here and open here." And out of that, uh, we noticed a pattern of fans that were just like, "You know what? I want this flavor." donut. So we created this vote for glaze campaign where we gave four key flavors that our fans had talked about in one experience or another over time and asked them to you know, rally around their favorite flavor. And we're going to bring this to life this spring. And the very first donut that actually won was the lemon glaze. And people had said, you know what, you have lemon donuts already. Well, no, the thing that we haven't changed or we have never created was a lemon glaze. Uh, we had experimented during the uh, eclipse last year with eclipsing our donuts and turning them chocolate. And we noticed how much our fans really loved the fact that we played with something that's uh, in the original true flavor of Krispy Kreme and then taking it over for a day or a week 
and seeing how that affects their lives and uh, how it affects their uh, craveability and the taste buds and everything else. And so we noticed our fans just got more and more passionate as this grew. Uh, I think we saw like epic history, uh, historical moments that happened on our website from social content that kept driving people and driving the demand. It would be that of National Donut Day uh, equivalent traffic that we were bringing to our website. So it was pretty phenomenal to have this voting event where people had to go to a landing page vote and express themselves. And then they take it out socially and uh, have a lot of great media response and influencer response as well. So it was a fun, uh, well-orchestrated campaign. That's so much fun. I, I love when brands do that, where they they take user feedback, they ingest it in. One of my other favorite ones, I'm, I'm Canadian, so we, I don't know if they do this in the US too, but I think it's Lay's Potato Chips that does uh, user-generated flavors where they're wacky and wild. And um, I mean, we've got ketchup chips, so that in themselves, I know a lot of Americans are jealous of, but uh, I, re- I really love the way you did this. Maybe you can share with us, Kelly, some of the channels that you used at Krispy Kreme to uh, solicit feedback and understand what people were looking for. I, I personally went and checked out your Instagram, which had some some uh, calls to action there. And I also saw some, some fun stuff on YouTube. How did you kind of you know, go to market with this? Yes. Uh, so we um, organically had seen a lot of patterns or uses of uh, with crispy, hashtag Krispy Kreme on Instagram and had seen a lot of flavors pop up and had open listened. Uh, we use Nubi. Um, and so we were open and listening to a lot of different flavors prior to coming up with the idea and looking at what flavors resonated the most with our fans. There's some that we had thought, you know what, this would just be interesting because it's kind of different and there's no other brands doing X flavor. So last year we also had launched a gingerbread glaze, but we realized necessarily gingerbread. I mean, it's a fun flavor and there was a lot happening on that at that time, but we realized how many fans were really expressing, well, if you're going to do that flavor, I wish you would make this flavor and this flavor and across the board or across the globe. Uh, we would also listen. So we'd have people just email us in general. We'd have people tweet us and on Facebook nonstop comment. And so it was between Facebook, Twitter and Instagram where most of our fans were rallying around the flavors that they wanted most. And that's where we just started saying, you know what, this seems like uh, this would be a great thing to do. So uh, we first thought about and we had talked about, um, should we do some sort of aggregation of all the tweets and using hashtags? But we want to simplify it, though, since people jump across so many other platforms. Um, so we decided at this point to um, have people go to a landing page and actual vote and then share out what they had voted so we could cross all social channels. And uh, we use a lot of Instagram stories um, as well to drive more content engagement and to really show craveable videos. And that's the one thing that uh, resonated. I mean, you would think, of course, with a brand like ours, that seeing streams of our glazing donuts coming through, um, you know, people might get tired of it if you saw it day after day. But actually, our fans, that's what they crave. It's almost like food porn, that they want to see this nonstop glazing image. And uh, that's atypically of what our fans will say. You know what? That's going to make me, no matter what language I speak, no matter what country I'm in, this is the one thing I'm going to relate to the most with this brand. And uh, it's that in our hats. And uh, the hotlight takes the reputation. So it's pretty funny. (laughs) 
my my kids love my kids love your hats and i i now love that term i think did you say food porn at one point in there yeah food porn <laughs> yeah okay cool that's gonna be the hashtag that's gonna definitely be created as people are listening to this podcast uh which is great we we like it uh so you guys have i was checking on instagram you're closing in on a million followers, which is which is pretty amazing. Uh, were you able to measure the type of interaction you had from this campaign? The number of people who either voted or you know shared their opinion with a hashtag. What type of lift did you see versus the stuff that you're doing on a day to day basis to stick out from the treat crowd? I saw a 200 uh, percent lift in engagement during this campaign, and uh, we used Facebook pixels to track the activity and to track the voting. So we um, uh, we embedded the pixels on the back end and we looked at like where people were, uh, of course, the sources and all the demographics of where everybody was coming from and found that was most successful. But again, imagine a 200% lift in engagement and then a 200% relatively lift in web traffic and then across our channels, uh, growth in the 20 to 30% up. Wow. Those are some pretty impressive numbers. Um, I have to imagine among some of that engagement there, and I have to ask this, there were probably some flavors that maybe had your head scratching. Any of those that you're willing to share, not even kind of the crazy outlandish ones, you know, as, as Randy mentioned, you know, Lay's does that campaign um, quite a bit on their side. And, you know, people submit the most ridiculous things, but even stuff that maybe is good in theory, but just doesn't translate to donut. Well, I mean, we've had a lot of people want us to do like a bacon glaze, for instance. But, you know, if you would imagine bacon as a liquid flavor isn't as enjoyable as bacon as uh, eating it itself. So um, imagine that. So we'll have other people want us to do like smoky lavender or something along those lines. So if you could, again, a very unique flavor, but not one necessarily that appeals to the masses. Uh, but happen to notice a lot. Once you introduce maple, everybody's imagination goes so many different directions with maple. So again, maple and the meat flavors. Um, but I would say those were the ones that uh, stood out the most. Uh, we do have people that will try to get us. And again, we were talking purely the glaze. Um, and that's, again, imagine it's just the coating. It's not a filling. But it evoked a lot of other conversations about, well, maybe you should invert putting sprinkles inside your donuts instead of put them on top of your donuts. And, uh, you know, just unique things. And some things were more sensory rather than flavor appeal. Um, and so you would see those that are like true foodies that would be like, hey, why don't you create this? Um, savory donut uh, that may have a sweetness on the inside too. So you can see a lot of that, but we do do savory donuts around the world. But, you know, as a U.S. flavor, it just doesn't necessarily resonate in some, in the, to the masses again. Um, and so in select markets, uh, definitely we could do regional donuts that may make sense to try for an area and do a test. Um, but like right now we're doing chocolate glaze in a very isolated uh, part of the, the country in Virginia. And people just love it. Every first Wednesday, they come in and they'll have chocolate glazed donuts and get dozens of them. Um, and uh, they're having a unique experience with that. So it's that's some of the um, opportunities that fall out of this. And uh, using this crowdsourcing is the chance for our fans to really um, get the products that they're talking about, the ones that they want. But chocolate, of course, is the flavor that... Um, all. So as we're talking to see so both know I've canceled my lunch and I've got someone going out to get me something way more delicious than the planned salad. Uh, but uh, and and honestly, meanwhile, I've been checking out some of the the creative work that you do on the channels where people are engaging and it and you make it 
you make it look as good as it tastes, which is really exciting. And, you know, it makes me think you should actually check out one of the sponsors of this podcast, you know, for pulling together a lot of that graphic design elements. It's a company called Lightboard, mm-hmm. and they're they're actually dedicated more to B2B marketing. Um, you know, if teams are struggling with flaky freelancers or expensive agencies, that's where Lightboard really comes in. And I know, Anna, that the team at Convince to Convert have worked with them over the years and absolutely love the team there to help them with ebooks, with banner ads, logos. I think even your holiday card, which I was very happy to get one of. Uh, you know, they've got experienced designers and account managers to help take all these challenges out of getting your brand out on your channels. And they're super reasonably priced, highly recommended by the team at Convert, Convince and Convert. And as a result, if everyone goes to lightboard.io slash converse you can have a little bit more to learn about and uh you know check them out and you can thank us later for sending you over and on that note we're going to take a short break and hear from some of the other sponsors of the content experience show and then we'll be right back with kelly o'brien hey everybody this is jay bear from convince and convert reminding you that the content experience show is sponsored by uberflip a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can easily create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com slash pros. That's uberflip.com slash pros to find out how you can show your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my team and I at Convince and Convert Consulting. We're a digital marketing analysis firm that works with leading brands to keep their content marketing ahead of customer expectations. We work with you to plot your current content program on a five-stage maturity map and then optimize your content marketing over time to level up again and again. Find out how Convince and Convert Consulting can make your content marketing better. Visit convinceandconvert.com slash consulting. That's convinceandconvert.com slash consulting. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Kelly O'Brien from Krispy Kreme, head of digital and social media. So Kelly, you know, one of the things that is kind of funny is that um, a lot of people in the content space have this notion that, you know, quote unquote, fun B2C brands kind of market themselves or, you know, there's not necessarily as much sort of planning that needs to happen or, um, you know, it kind of just takes care of itself, right? It's fun. It's kind of like Skittles. They can kind of just throw stuff around. It works. Um, but you and I know firsthand that that's not the case. I also have worked at a B2C brand as well was just hoping that you could take us through some of the things, you know, some of the challenges that you encounter every day as a quote unquote fun B2C brand. All right. Um, you know, imagine sometimes I'll just go to the smallest, most minimal uh, part of being a fun B2C uh, brand. If you think about like, we have so many different toppings, so many different flavors, so many different things that we want to capture and or say. And in one instance, um, for us, like we, we struggle with just the representation of uh, sprinkles, um, and if you would think about sprinkles or something very simple, we even have like a sprinkles committee here at Krispy Kreme. And we talk about it's whether the placement of sprinkles, the way that they're portrayed through uh, freelancers or through our agencies and how that they're represented. And it could be everything from the color to the shape to the 
the patterns, the frequency of them and how many you have on a donut and how often you talk about it. And sprinkles, which are pretty unique enough, are pretty viral across all countries across the globe. And so our fans react and they also react to how we refer to them as their name, because I think they're called jemmies in the UK and then also sometimes in Canada. Um, and so if you look at it's just um, that's just one small little challenge. Uh, but then it's also how people perceive your brand. So if you would imagine, again, 365 days of content, a frequency of two to three times a day posting, that's uh, close to over a thousand uh, different posts that we have to do a day. And it's showing people in some instances that a balance and finding that balance between, you know, our brand's fun and a fun brand. You want to do great gifts and you want to do, uh, you know, hilarious things. But if it's not in our voice or not where our fan base is, um, it, it doesn't stay true to the engagements. Uh, it'll fall flat. And so we've also noticed that a lot of times with a fun brand, people would use very vivid colors in the background and take donuts out of their natural environment, being in our shops or being enjoyed at a you know a, like a home or on a counter or something along those lines or on a plate. And we've happened to notice that you know fans don't want to see our donuts like you know, hanging from uh, a ceiling as a chandelier of donuts. They would rather see them in the way that they enjoy them. But it doesn't mean that we can't have fun with them and we can't create like donut mistletoe, for instance, what we've created in um, around last year on the holidays, um, or that we can't create donut bouquets because our fans, again, they can see that as something that they would want to eat. And just getting out of Valentine's Day, we had a ton of fans that were creating those and we've seen others create them for graduations. So it's just how to, where can we with our content take it to the level of bringing people to a unique experience, but where we're not taking it to the extreme experience. Um, like last year, we did a Power Rangers promotion where we recreated our full shop and we did a VR experience and people could walk through one of our Krispy Kreme locations and see all the little um, Easter eggs of information. And then they also got to see kind of the inverse of that as kind of the destroyed after the Power Rangers had been through. Um, but again, that's taking a unique fan base that are all true Power Ranger loving fans and then trying to marry them into Krispy Kreme fans. And it attracted a lot of Power Ranger enthusiasts, but it necessarily did it attract the most donut loving fans. No, because it wasn't necessarily uh, drawing into the interest of what they had. If we would have probably, as we do in many instances, just show glaze, the donuts being made, the process in which they're made, that's where people really want to see where our brand goes next. It's the innovation behind the donuts. It's the secret to what makes us so unique and uh, that the fact that you can create this uh, pretty universal quality experience across the globe. So as you talk about across the globe, I'm, I'm actually intrigued and, and I'm going to challenge you a bit. I apologize if we're catching you off guard, but you know, you, you talked about this campaign you did at the beginning where people got to vote on their favorite flavor. Right. And, you know, I mean, I'm Canadian. I always talk about that. We have very different tastes up here in Canada, say, than in the U.S. And I'm sure even within the U.S., East Coasters versus West Coasters versus wherever you live may have different, you know, flavors that they like or things that they crave at different times of the year. How much are you getting with, you know, that global mindset to regionalizing 
both, you know, maybe less so the flavors that you do, but more so the content you're putting out and the way you engage on a more local basis? Oh, that's a very good question because in some instances, we've been trying to get more universal, more global rather than uh, localized, to be honest, in some areas. Um, But as we look at, like, say, for instance, we know the personalities and the UK, for instance, Uh, we know from flavors to the experience of how people enjoy our donuts, we try to show people as they're enjoying them. We have less shops. So we try to we create more less shop environments, but more occasions they're at home or in the commute Uh, because more people are taking them in the tube or at the office or they're uh, in another setting. And so try not to have too many uh, like inside a shop kind of experiences there in the UK. Um, and for instance, uh, in India, uh, we'll have, uh, we have vegan donuts and our donuts there are um, the same look and feel, but we have unique flavors. And so then showing the events, the occasions and the um, experiences that are local to uh, some of the different regions within India that we want to sh- highlight those the most um, and highlight what makes again, sense for that. Now, in the most unique, like in the United States, we just got up a Punchki Day, which is a Polish holiday uh, surrounding um, right pre-Mardi Gras. And so we create a unique donut that's for the Polish community that is a little bit of an enlarged donut. It's like a larger than life donut uh, that we create that content that's localized in the area, but we don't show it to the rest of the world. Um, and we try to create something that's unique and themed just for such. And in Texas, we have kotchkis, for instance, that are like uh, breaded, um, like sausages almost, um, that are, again, unique to that, but showing the foods that people like, uh, that they constantly eat in that area. It's interesting. It's it's an interesting balance that I guess you have to weigh there. And, and I know, like, we, we often talk to B2B marketers or more niche-focused marketers who are always trying to think more um more personalized, more individual. And it sounds like at the scale at which a Krispy Kreme is operating and the brand that you want to associate, you have to find that balance between personalized experience and a global experience as you refer to it. That's right. Because the regional or local experiences now come into more of what are we doing in the community and who, what partners do we have in the community, whether it's that we're partnering with a 5k and we're helping to raise funds in that um, area, or we're helping to be there. We may not have as many regional donuts that are that different, but what the experiences are that are different, it's our investment in that community. And it's helping to be a part of whether it's the SPCA doing an event in our parking lots, or it is a, whatever you can imagine, um, we want to make sure that we are very localized to that. So that that's where our uniqueness is not necessarily in the product, it's in the experience and it's in the partnership. That is insane. The level of sort of regionalization on top of globalization. Kelly, I think you've just given us in the last three minutes, like my head has just exploded with how much is going on right now and just how unbelievably unique it is per market that you serve and and just even, you know, how different your customers are all over the globe. How on earth, I know you have an amazing team there, but how on earth do you manage to manage all of these different experiences and manage all this content creation and and content flow? What is, I mean, how do you do it on a day-to-day basis? Well, imagine that you set the right foundation, first of all, and do the right training and you empower each of the regions to speak in your voice, 
to um, emulate the experiences of the brand, to be immersed in the brand. And if you start at the fundamentals first of how do you get everyone kind of in the same onboard experience, then as you uh, stream it out to the rest of different parts of the world, people start picking up on what makes sense and what works best and how it regionally plays out. But we also have um, a constant eye and we use a lot of tools too that help us to keep us in check to understand that, you know, we can see the visualization of what's happening across the globe. And we also see exactly the, the content that's posted and we try to motivate that content we do audits uh, regularly with each of our, our markets and our countries to help, again, influence and inspire what's working, what's not working. I mean, I, I would imagine, too, there's things that we could do even better, of course, um, if we have more time in our, in our in our day-to-days. But we do look at how do we uh, go with the best foot forward as our brand and how do we also help us? Because um, we have a lot of people that are passionate and they turn our brand personal because it's personal to them. But you have to just make sure it's like on point. And it's not um, necessarily personally you, but it's the personal brand in that area. So I hope that makes sense. But yeah, it's a lot of teamwork, a lot of um, help and a lot of people working closely together. But we actually have a pretty small team. Um, Again, a lot of it's through the power of just uh, good education and good kicking off and, um, you know, checking in with our countries and staying and building great relationships. That's that's really interesting. And, you know, kudos to your team, because uh, like I said, I'm salivating just looking at all your social channels. And uh, obviously that's your goal. So you guys are are doing a great job. Uh, You know, Kelly, if you have a couple more minutes, we're going to wrap up the, the formal interview here, but keep you around, get to know you a little bit better behind the scenes. We'll be right back on the Content Experience Show. All right, Kelly. So we, we've got just enough time to get to know you before we fully wrap up the show. And I figured we'd go with some lightning round questions. And feel free to jump in if you got any. I'm going to start off with, with a few you know, ones that you probably expect are coming. Okay. So we'll start off you know, tied to your job, but we'll keep it personal. So first of all, chocolate or vanilla donut? <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Glazed or filled? I like glazed. All right. Favorite annual event that you get to enjoy personally, but that you have to balance with trying to market to? Like Valentine's Day, Christmas, you know, I mean, there's so many. Yeah, birthday. Our birthday. We make birthdays that are not such uh, significant birthdays, the odd numbers. We try to make them as special as possible. So I look at that because it's like we all celebrate birthdays. We all love our birthdays, but we make these odd, quirky numbers the um, probably the most fun and try to make them the most fun for fans. That's like the one time I look forward to the most. And it's in July. Amazing. Okay, cool. Now we're going to go away from donuts because I'm sure life is not just about donuts as much as we all are envisioning that it is now. So are you more of the type of person to watch Netflix or go to the movie theater? I'm more of a Netflix. But if I do go to a theater, I go to art theaters. To art theaters. Okay, so what are you watching on Netflix these days? Um, well, I have been watching, uh, you know, there's some really random things. Lately, I've been seeing just a lot of the Netflix original movies. Um, but I'm gearing back up for The Walking Dead. And I'm, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, so I'm just rehashing some of the earlier seasons. Um, but I'm yeah, getting ready for, this, uh, for the, the start of uh, Walking Dead again. So that's been kind of, again, just enjoying that. Who's walking death or so who's walking dead death affected you the most? 
And spoiler alert, in case anybody hasn't caught up. Well, uh, the one that's to come, or the one that's uh, preempted to come, is uh, the future of um, Carl is the one that makes me uh, probably in the most suspense. Um, But I'll say I was very emotional when Beth died. I thought that was um, because if you ever see Daryl cry, the world cries. And I think for me, it was just one of those things. It's like, you know, it's just... I think it just keeps getting better. I see what fans say too, and you know, there's mixed opinion, but I still think it just keeps intensifying, <laughs> and uh, I'm just uh, enjoying it. And I necessarily would not be the person that you would see like going to every single like horror film. And I don't look at it as being like a horror film, even though there's a lot of you know there's a lot of gore that happens, but it's just uh, uniquely done, and it draws me in, and I never feel like I've missed a moment or a beat. See, now I'm surprised that you didn't say Halloween was your favorite holiday, like the dark horror aspect. I, you know, this is, this is why we do the get to know our guest because you, you know, everyone thought of you as like the sprinkle person, right? And now everyone sees there's, there's a dark side to Kelly too. Uh, Ke- well, I design costumes too. So I, I do love Halloween. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Kelly O'Brien from Krispy Kreme Donuts, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a ton of fun, you know, to to learn about, you know, such a fun brand, but some of the complexities that you have taking it to market. On behalf of Anna Harak at Convince to Convert, I'm Randy Frisch at Uberflip. This has been the Content Experience Show. You can find us wherever you get your, your podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you do find us and you can leave us feedback. Let us know what you can do. Until next time, we look forward to having you back on the podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.